Chapter Sixteen of *The Girl Next Door* by Augusta Yule Seaman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jennifer Dalman. One mystery explained. Meantime, Cicely Marlowe, immured in the lonely house, had been having an experience all her own. And when the girls came to see her the day after the visit to the ship, she too was bursting with news. But she quietly waited till they had told their own tale and was as puzzled as they about the strange translation of the characters on the bracelet of anything pertaining to china or the chinese she had not the remotest notion and could not understand how it could have any connection with her affairs now you must hear my story she began when they had discussed the newest development till there was nothing left to discuss it's about miss benedict she has but just wait and i'll begin at the beginning it was two nights ago and she had one of those headaches she has such very bad ones you know she says they are from her poor eyesight and she suffers terribly well she had a worse one than usual and so she was obliged to call me into her room and ask me to fetch things for her i sat by her and bathed her head and fanned her and at last she fell asleep even then i didn't go away but i sat there fanning and fanning her for a long time till finally after a couple of hours she woke up she was very much better then and presently she began to talk to me quite differently from what she ever had before first she asked me if i were contented and happy here i said i tried to be but i was very lonesome sometimes she didn't say much to that but suddenly she spoke again child i suppose you wonder very much about this queer life i lead don't you i said yes i couldn't help wondering about it then she turned her head away and whispered oh if you only knew you would not wonder i have been very unhappy my life has been very unhappy all i could think of to answer her was that i was so sorry and she need not tell me anything she didn't wish to i would never ask about it and she raised herself up in bed and said that's just it dear child i have always supposed that young folk were one and all curious inquisitive and thoughtless that is one reason i was so so strict with you in the beginning but you and those two nice girls next door have been a revelation to me wasn't that lovely of her exclaimed cicely interrupting herself just darling cried marcia but do go on cicely we're crazy to hear what came next Well next she said people think i live a very singular life i know they think i'm eccentric queer crazy even oh i know it but there are few alive to-day and none in this neighbourhood who even guess at the real reason who remember and then she put her hand to her head as if it was aching badly and dropped back on the pillow she was very quiet for a while but at last she looked up again and said little cicely would you care to have a home with me always would you be willing to put up with my queerness and peculiarities and some of the strange conditions here and i answered indeed yes if i could go out once in a while and visit you girls occasionally i should very much like to stay and she said of course you shall dear you have been dreadfully shut in here but that was before i knew you so well i was not sure i wanted to keep you before but now i know i do i only ask you to be as considerate of me as you can some day i feel certain i shall lose my sight 
i know that it is coming when it does come i shall have to depend very very much on you i and one other you will not fail me then will you cicely girls i could have cried then and there i felt so sorry for her and when i told her she could always depend on me no matter what happened i had no other home and no one else to care for me except you girls and after that she told me the story about herself at least some of it i can't tell it in her words so i'll use my own but this is it a great many years ago when this house was new she lived here with her father and an older sister and a younger brother they were all very happy together and the brother was the pride and joy and hope of the whole family but one time he had a violent disagreement with his father she didn't tell me what it was about and she and her sister took sides with the father against the brother after that they had the same disagreement a great many times and at last one so bad that the young man declared that he wouldn't endure it any longer and threatened to leave home but they didn't believe that he was really serious about it but the next morning his room was vacant and a note pinned to his pillow said that he had gone away never to return they felt awfully about it of course but that wasn't the worst about two weeks later they received word that he had taken passage on a steamer for europe and after only a day or so out he was discovered to be missing so he must have fallen overboard or been washed over and drowned wasn't that frightful janet and marcia looked horrified what did she do then they whispered that's the most dreadful part went on cicely the shock was so great that the father died a week afterwards the doctor said virtually of a broken heart so there were two gone and within a month the two that were left miss benedict and her sister shut themselves up and went into mourning and saw almost no one for a while they were paralyzed with grief and then little by little very gradually they began to realize that people were talking about them saying dreadful things one of the few friends they did see let drop little hints of the gossip that was going on outside people were saying that they were to blame for it all and that they probably weren't so sorry as they pretended to be for now they could enjoy all the money themselves can you imagine anything so horrid but that's nonsense interrupted janet impatiently how could anyone say it was their fault well you know how people talk replied cicely they meant that by nagging and quarrelling they had driven the brother away on purpose and then made it so unpleasant for the father that he couldn't stand it any longer either it wasn't said in so many words but just little hints and allusions and shrugging shoulders and all that sort of thing but the meaning was there underneath it all plain as anything their grief and the horrid talk about them made them feel so very badly that they determined to live in such a way that no one could accuse them of enjoying ill-gotten fortune so they shut up the house at least a large part of it and dismissed all of their servants and did most of the work themselves after a while the few friends they had began to drop away one by one till no one came to see them any more and then one day two or three years later the older sister had a paralytic stroke and lost her memory she's been shut up in that room ever since 
and Miss Benedict takes care of her. She can sit up in a chair and knit, and she likes to have the chessboard on her lap, and moves the pieces around, because she once loved to play the game with her younger brother. But she can't remember anything, not even who she is herself, and nothing about what has happened. Miss Benedict feels terribly about her, especially about her not remembering anything, and she says that is why she didn't tell me about it at first. It seems so terrible. She says all the friends and relatives they had are dead and gone now, so no one knows the real reason for their queer life. And as the years have passed, she has grown more and more into the habit of living this way till it seemed quite natural to her. At least it did till I came, and now she is beginning to realize again that it is queer. And she was so afraid of gossip and talk that when you first wanted to be friends with me, she would not allow it, for fear of starting more unpleasant inquiries into her life. But what about her poor eyes? asked Janet. Oh, yes. About ten years ago she began having those terrible pains in her eyes, and then she had to darken all the house and wear the veil and dark glasses outdoors. She went to a doctor about them, but was told that the case was hopeless, unless she had some complicated operation and spent months in a dark room. She felt that she couldn't do this on account of her sister, whom she would not leave to a stranger's care. So she has just suffered ever since. That's all, girls, except that she told me her sister's name is Cornelia, and that hers is Alexie. I am to call her Miss Alexie after this. It makes her seem a little nearer to me. What a pretty name, Alexie, commented Marcia. It just seems to suit her somehow. But isn't that the saddest story? It just goes to show how unhappy we can make people by talking about them and their affairs. And, oh, there's one more thing. Miss Benedict, I mean, Miss Alexie, gave me permission to tell you all of this, but she only asks that you will not repeat it except to your father and aunt. She says she knows you can be depended on to do this. That day, before Janet and Marcia left, they encountered Miss Benedict in the hall and by the way she pressed their hands in saying good-bye they felt that she knew cicely had told them her story though she made no reference to it cicely may run in and visit you a while to-morrow i think the change will do her good she remarked at parting and that was the only hint that she gave of the change in affairs of benedict's folly when Janet and Marcia were at last outside the gate they gazed up at the forbidding brick wall and drew a long breath of wonder so that is the story breathed marcia what an awful thing that two people's lives should be spoiled just by unkind gossip but janet was thinking of something else i wonder why miss benedict didn't tell what the family had the disagreement about she queried end of chapter sixteen one mystery explained